Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. I'll be right back. Oh, God, Lord. What happened? I went too far. <laughs> yeah, it was one of them weekends, y'all. I did too much. Oh, y'all might hear a tinge of it in my voice. Oh, man, but love for you guys, man. Y'all know this show, Never Shut Up, where we learn those life lessons. Yep, we're going to talk some sports, but we're going to also cover those who cover sports like no one else. So let's get the show started with what's up with that dude? Like, what you do this weekend, dog? Looking a little slim. Y'all going to figure out why, and y'all going to laugh. Okay, so I played a little pickleball Saturday morning, got up 9 o'clock, had some great people over here. Um, I love doing a pickleball social. I ain't gonna lie. It's the best way to just meet new people without it feeling so cold callish or thick ice. You know how it goes, man. You want to network. You just want to meet other people. Just want to see who else has similar interests. But sometimes it's just that awkwardness of making that happen, which stops a lot of us. So me, I have found that pickleball is doing an amazing job at it. And frankly, I love it because I love pickleball. So everybody else who's a part of that, we always have a great time. Uh, we had uh, my man Jason over here. He's part owner of LAFC. Tons of work in the community, philanthropists, etc. Carolina's in the house. She helps um, build out networks for high net worth individuals. High net worth. Like, I don't even qualify, y'all. <laughs> These suckers got dodo. So anyway, she was there. Mike Wang, my guy. Uh, love my man, brother from another. And uh, my man AJ, former soccer player. This dude had too many muscles. Soon as I saw him, I was like, you ain't going to be good at pickleball. He was like, why? I was like, you're too athletic. Look, you got to bring it down a notch. You got to be a tennis player, a former tennis player. You know how they got a little layer on them still, most of them. They ain't like cut up like that. He came in here. I was like, dog, uh, the basketball court over there too. <laughs> you can play something else. I had a great time. I did. I, same old me. I'm just a C plus, B minus. Uh, I'm good around the kitchen. Other than that, I suck. All right, that's life. All right, so what else I do? Um... 
After that, watch the fight. I know y'all watched the fight. Fight was banging. Um, that was a good fight. It wasn't a great fight because we didn't see enough from my man Charlo. But hey, he moved up two divisions to fight Canelo. That's a lot on it. And then not only move up two divisions, fight Canelo. <laughs> huh? Okay, why don't you just get up there and see how it feels. Feel what that weight class looked like first. Um, look, Canelo looked quicker, looked much stronger. And was he mucking it up? That little pit bull wasn't playing. Golly, he was just throwing him across the ring. Like, bro, get your... Whoever come up here in this weight division again, I'm going to show you something. So that was cool to watch. Still, it went the distance. That was fun. Um, shout out to Ben Horowitz. We go back and forth. He's a boxing aficionado officially because every time I bet him, I lose. Um, and I shouldn't be losing because I thought I knew boxing, but I didn't know that. I thought that Charlo was actually going to do something in that fight. I was wrong. I woke up the next day, had um, our game. Paul's right here. And I don't mean Paul's like Cam and Mason. I hear Richard Sherman now, whatever. Um, I'm not doing that. My team is on a two-game losing streak. It's crazy. <laughs> we have lost our, our last two games by a total combined seven points. So one possession of two games, right? Like if you score, get two-point conversion, we, we would have won both these games. Point being um, very fixable. We played, I hear, the two best teams. One for sure, and the other one's going to be up there, probably top three. And boy, we are an inch of a flag away. Uh, and then I got caught up in this moment. I got caught up in watching some of the clips back. I always watch the clips back, good, bad, or ugly, just to see what I didn't see in that moment. And I am not a complainer, but I'm not a complainer to a fault. I need to complain more. Um, I watched back the film, and, and MJ still scored, um, had a, a run call back. It was a BS call, but I, I do not complain, right, to a fault. I let him do it, even though I was like, you know he didn't flag guard. MJ runs like this, and he does moves, and sometimes you can call a flag guard, but to me, I thought this was flag guard. He just doing moves. I can show it to you. He ain't flag guard. Anyway, I don't complain. But then I started noticing this one kid kept getting MJ. He's the only kid that could really, it was two of them, but one in particular. Then I watched the film, and this sucker here kept jumping to get MJ's flag. And I was like, now, I remember getting yelled at by a ref one time to not teach the kids to jump. I said, I'm not. He's like, well, they can't jump. But then I checked the rules. It's not in the rule book. So I'm trying to clarify that. But my point is, I need to start complaining a lot more because it's starting to hurt my kids. Um, you know, at this age, they don't get it. They know what cheating is. Um, but at the same time, they're also looking for an adult to protect them, right? And I don't want my kids to be complainers, and I also don't want them to be cheaters. But I'm starting to see a, a lot of cheating out there that I need to start complaining about. But we that close. We all make the playoffs, so we'll see these teams again, and hopefully we'll have the end that we desire. Other than that, went to the Chargers game after that. Look how focused I am. I am such a committed coach and committed father that I actually went to my Charger game late. Got there like in the second quarter, late second quarter. We already up 24-7, something crazy. Smash. And um, I get there late because I was coaching my team. Um, shout out to everybody who was there. It was great. I love going to Raider Charger games for many reasons, especially Chargers usually beat their ass. <laughs> One thing the Chargers are good for, beating the Raiders. <laughs> We do not lose to the Raiders. I don't even know what the record is. It just don't feel like we ever lose to the Raiders. So it was good. You know, the stadium, they took over the stadium. I don't care. For all y'all out there arguing over, oh, my God, look at your fan base, man. Like, the, the, the road team has way more people than you. <laughs> you guys suck. I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm going to tell you what every fan is doing, just like every player does. When you get the schedule in April, you circle 
where you gonna go on the road. And if you're from a bad weather place where a lot of these places are, uh, they gonna pick that spot. And if it ain't a bad weather place, it just ain't a better place than LA. <laughs> Vegas is amazing. It ain't LA. Even though Vegas is amazing. Maybe it is better. Point being, they circle where they want to go. If you're in Vegas, you're like, I got to go to L.A., I got to go to Miami, etc. So that's how the game goes. And it ain't got nothing to do with how great the fan base is, how loyal it is. Stop playing. Pittsburgh went up in there in Vegas and took over. And we know how big the Raiders fan base is. The biggest, but Pittsburgh the biggest. Point being, Pittsburgh about to get cold as hell, and they going to Vegas. That simple. So, all good. We won. And now let me... Tell all y'all, excuse me, Miss Purdy, excuse me, why I look so skinny right now. I might not look skinny, but I feel skinny. And the scale, oh, ooh, God, Lord. I'm having one of them shows, y'all. The scales say I'm going to be skinny. Went to bed last night with MJ and my three-year-old. No lie in our house, we all picked two beds and we just changed up the order. <laughs> so my wife was with my four-year-old, Uriah, and I'm with the three-year-old and MJ. All good. Except she couldn't go to sleep. I was like, go to sleep or I'm going to leave. That doesn't work because she laughs. She's like, I'm too cute to leave. And she's right. So I'm there. We finally go to bed. And then I wake up. I got the bubble guts. Then I wake up. I'm leaking, y'all. I'm everywhere. I got the bug. All that bug that was going around and it caught my kids on Friday, I think, caught me slipping. Woo! Had one of them nights, y'all. So not going to get too graphic, not too nasty, but... um. <laughs> As Courtney was telling me, uh, I was just one stomach flew away <laughs> from my goal weight. And now I done hit my goal weight. I love getting sick. Not like sick, just the scale sick. <laughs> the scale be looking good when I do it. All right, this show is sponsored and powered by ProjectTransition.org. Go to ProjectTransition.org. Y'all know why. We got to go there because that's where we develop. And we amplify the inner power within for you, for the youth, for everybody. Man, we are going and growing. We had a huge meeting this weekend, a uh, virtual meeting for a couple, several of our staff in place, in-house. Amazing times. We have recurring donors. Every recurring donor gets this book sent out to them. Yes, those recurring donations. And we have a few of them right now, just this weekend. This is why I know I love what I'm doing. This is why I know I love y'all. And this is why I know y'all love this show. Marcus Perry out of Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. Lauren Gordy out of Rocky Point, North Carolina. Damn, I'm doing good over there with Petey Pablo at. <laughs> I'm getting my love in, right? Will Leverson, Portsmouth, Virginia. Hey, wait a minute. What's going on with the East? East over here. I'm from the West Side, homie. Y'all better start sponsoring and supporting, homie. Who else we got? Mario King from Hartford, Connecticut. Yo, I... Does the West Coast got any love for Marcellus White never shut up? Huh? Y'all remember that? <laughs> oh, man. May, there we go. Made Holla Way, Los Angeles, California. What up, homie? Appreciate you and your support. Mike Shepard, Arlington, Virginia. There they go again. We on the East again. I love it. Look at us. Countrywide. Andrew Babcock. Aia, Hawaii. Wow. Salute. Nicholas Pace, Apex, North Carolina. Dog. I don't know what I did. Petey. Petey, what I do in Kakalaka? <laughs> I done got cracking out there. I got three this week. And an anonymous donor. I love you guys who are anonymous donors. Appreciate you. However, if you're not so a damn anonymous, I can send you this book because I would know who you are. Love for you guys out there. Okay, it's 30 minutes later, Marcel. You gonna do the damn show? Yes, I am. 
I'm going to talk about Dan Orlowski right now. Uh, we know who he is, NFL analyst, ESPN, who at one time was going to come to Fox. I remember hearing that. I was like, whoo, they were trying to make that happen. Ooh, there was some dirty macking going on in there, but it didn't happen. So he's still at ESPN, known for his unusual habits and choices, some would say. Um, that sparks a lot of discussions amongst viewers. Him and Acho are really cool, so I really caught up on him through Acho. I like how he does it. He's... How does he do it? He does it like with an intense focus. It seems serious, but there's always a, a layer laced with some laughter and some fun, some lightheartedness. So I'm a fan of his big time. Uh, recent incident. <laughs> I've seen a lot of girls wearing these and now I'm damn warm. It's those skin color pants like it's what is it, mutant nude or something like that. They wear their color in the pants. So you'd be like, when you see the girls wear Lord, it's so hard living this life. It's crazy. So he had on some during the broadcast. And then uh, people were like commenting and saying, what the heck? He wearing those? You can't wear those. What are those? So then Laura Rutledge went out there and said, look, he's wearing pants, y'all. It's not his skin. He ain't bucket naked on this set. Okay. So why am I bringing this up? It's not like the most hot button of issues. But a lot of y'all always ask me about the prep process and the amenities that come with doing sports media and comes with the industry. So I thought, where else am I going to get a layup alley-oop like this other than talking about how it goes down? Now, let me give you the contrast between ESPN and Fox in terms of amenities and prep, etc. There's no conversation. There is no competition. Fox destroys ESPN in terms of the prep process. Let me tell you why. Um, I remember when I first got to Fox, Mark Sheriff was there. He had left ESPN to go to Fox. Soon I see him, like day one. He's like, what's up, man? Congratulations. Good to see you. I'm glad. Welcome to the family. I was like, what's the biggest difference to you so far? He said, um, said e working at ESPN was like McDonald's. And over here, it's like In-N-Out. Now, I had In-N-Out last night, and I had the bubble gut, so I don't know if this is a good time to bring that up. But nah, point being, y'all know the difference. Stop talking bad about McDonald's, first of all, y'all. Because McDonald's be everywhere and y'all all be there. <laughs> At least I know I go. It ain't the best burger. We know it, but it's just so convenient and it just hits us nostalgia. I don't know. It's good enough, right? Um, Fox is the in and out gourmet, right? So they have a budget for you at Fox. Whereas for your wardrobe, they had. Now, this may have shifted at ESPN. They may have changed it. They may have been specific. But in general, this is how it was. Because Fox has that movie studio lot mentality. So we need our, our analysts, our hosts to be stars, right? So you get a budget. You have a wardrobe department. Shout out to Victoria and shout out to all of them in the wardrobe department. They have all of those things. And then you go to ESPN, guess what you got? If you're lucky, you got a cubicle. And I ain't lying. Ain't no wardrobe, dog. Bring your own suits. Steam your own suits, <laughs> hit your own tie, hit your knot. Start looking at the cat's knots on, t on Fox versus the cat's knots on ESPN. Mm -hmm. I remember doing, I was like, dog, you go by somebody, like, I remember going by some of the famous cats, like, you know, you go by back in the days, shoot, even a Stuart Scott, whoever it was, and you just see ties all over their cubicle, you know, got a tie rack up in their cubicle, you know, you know, you just look at cats. Scott Van Pelt, you're like, 900 ties right here. You know? I remember going to Fox. You see uh, Colin Coward and Jason Whitlock had their own suites 
on a different floor than everybody else who had their dressing rooms. And I was like, damn, a little different over here. This is in and out, right? So that was interesting. So in terms of Dan Orlowski, um, as far as I know, he could pick what he wants to wear, and that's going to be all over the place at times if he wants to. Remember Jesse Palmer used to wear them skin-tight pants before they became fashionable and uh, just go out there and rock his suit. So it's a big difference. And in in terms of the network support getting you on air. Another thing that I saw that was interesting is um, the days of us pulling off the up top. You know how everybody does a Zoom now? And then on the Zoom, you got, you dressed up exactly how I said. You're dressed up. You ain't dressed on the down, right? Like, look at me right now. I got on this Fresh Facts Over Feeling shirt. Go to MarcellusWileyShop.com. MarcellusWileyShop.com. But I also got on this. What are those? (laughs) I got on some Crocs and some sweats. Well, there was a time where I got caught slipping and Deadspin put out this big article. Let me tell you this story and get up out of here. I was wearing shorts. I did like a midnight ESPN Sports Center. I don't know. And it's funny. It's funny at ESPN, you will work at 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, and be working to 12 o'clock that night. For real. You get breaks, but it's tough to have a break when you know you got to go back to work. I digress. So, I remember doing that. And I was like, I had to do this midnight sports center. I'm like, man, I'm coming from the hotel. I'm halfway tired. All right, already prepped. I'm going to dress up from the top. I'm behind the desk. Problem was, I was on the side, the corner part of the desk. And somebody took pictures because somebody was in there just feeling froggy, taking pictures. And Deadspin caught it. Let me tell you why this was a stupid, silly story. Not Deadspin. How our execs reacted. So these are the same execs and people that you see all the time when they see you going dressed up, not dressed down. And didn't say a word about it until that article came out. And I remember they came back set tripping. They was like, hey, Wiley, all y'all. Matter of fact, everybody, company wide. I was like, what? Why? Because I got caught slipping? I had to mess it up for everybody? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, Okay, sorry. Um, I got in trouble. Yeah. You caught me with the beer. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let them all still have alcohol access. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's on me, bro. So that was weird. Then they really got upset at that moment. But that's how the game goes, man. So y'all see this? Did y'all see him? And did y'all think he had on pants or not? Because some people was really hitting me. I was like, dog, I am not about to stop what I'm doing right now to go see if Dan Orlowski got on pants. (laughs) And what should we make of this situation, this story? Did y'all know what I told y'all about Fox and ESPN? Have you ever noticed the wardrobe differences between Fox and ESPN? Like who dresses better and fresh and all that stuff? You ever catch that? Well, maybe that makes sense of what I told you guys just now. Me, 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 me. (laughs) Oh! If your daughter dates a dude that goes and did this, <laughs> they get divorced. Let me stop. Oh, man, I'm so, I'm so judgmental. I see some stuff we do, and I do it too. I was, but no, I ain't never been nowhere chopper than the A, than in every day. I never did that. Because if you're doing that, you're doing what everybody else is doing. If you're doing what everybody else is doing, you ain't going to be doing what you want to do, which is unique, which is authentic, which is going to get you where you need to go. So I, always, I used to judge Cassie to do this. <laughs> you okay? Like, you just watch MTV raps, and all of a sudden you just come. You, oh, God. Okay. All right, man. Go to projecttransition.org. Become a recurring donor. This book is yours. I want to read your name tomorrow, just like I read those nine other names that became a part of the team of Project Transition. The team is simple. We out there to go discover and develop the inner power within and amplify it for the world to see. Because we got to be greater than our greatest excuse. Seriously, 
any amount. It doesn't matter. Just support so you be a part of the team. All right, Trent Dilfer used to be a part of my team at ESPN. Used to be a part of my team at Fox. No lie, to me, my favorite all-time NFL analyst to break down games and film, Trent Dilfer. Y'all agree? Anybody? Dog, that sucker there, man. He used to kill it. Ooh, I love me some Trent Dilfer. All right, here's the thing. We know he is. We know he's known for NFL playing career. We know he won the Super Bowl in Baltimore. We know y'all gonna oh, Tampa. Y'all gonna clown him. Y'all gonna clown him because of how they won a Super Bowl with an average quarterback. He knows all of that, etc. Okay. Then he transitioned into coaching, became a coach. Uh, he was at Lipscomb Academy for uh, three years. We saw him down there. Now he's at UAB, um, the Blazers. Just Blaze. Um, he started there in November 2022. Okay, so we all got the video of him before on the sideline with the kid telling him, sit down, sit down, sit down, which I didn't like. Why? Because what he's trying to do is flex his authority and he's trying to make the kid obedient. Now, in the process of learning, what you don't want, even though sometimes you feel like you have to be that direct, is obedience. Obedience is basically I'm going to listen to something to do it without thinking through it just because I got to. Now, there are times and places where you think that's, that's, that's necessary. I understand. Like, okay, your kid ain't listening much, and then you're like, yo, we out here in these streets, and um, I don't need you running out in those streets. So when I say stop, you stop. I get that. But when you're talking about a team game, when you're talking about football, when you're talking about sports, um, you always want them to be able to conceptualize and internalize because that's the greater learn, Right? 99.9% of these cats playing sports, any sport, ain't going pro. So you're not teaching them football only. You're not teaching them basketball only. You're teaching them life lessons through the sport that they love and that they have passion for. Simple as that. You're preparing them for the real world because the real world is, really, you're not probably going pro. Even if they are, you're still preparing them for life after pro. You're preparing them for something grander than the game. So when you're trying to tell somebody to sit down because you want to flex your authority, not really teaching them anything in that moment, that's when you lose me. That's when he lost me in that video. But that ain't his only video, (laughs) y'all. But but, but, but wait, it gets worse. (laughs) Oh, man. So we saw the video this weekend. Even Marcus Spears of ESPN had to say, man, Trent Different needs to sit down. You're going to get a butt whooping. Oh, man, it was bad. Um. Let's talk about these actions that we saw on the sideline with Trent Dilfer. Because this time, he spazzed because they had 12 men on the field. So he spazzed on his assistant coaches, uh, two of them, and then just looked so boisterous and out of control that you're like, is that our leader? Is that our leader? That's our leader? Interesting. Okay, now let me do some uh, HDing right here, hypothetical detective work. Because this is wrong on its surface. Everybody can see it. There's no defending this. And it's not the antics that is the worst part. It's his lack of accountability in that moment showing them antics. I am a coach. He's a coach. We different level coaches. But coaches, we know coaches. I know coaches. Coaches get it wrong all the time. All the time. Look, I've gotten it wrong the last two weeks, right? The first week, uh, a couple weeks ago, our first game we lost, uh, told the kid to, to hand the ball off. I ain't emphasize overhand to underhand. That matters in our league. That's on me. Um, I didn't also this week, 
Uh, we we up by two points. It's two minutes to go. We can't really run out the clock just yet. They got two timeouts. We got to get a first down, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I shouldn't have threw the ball where I threw the ball. I told him to throw the ball. He threw it. That was his second interception in the game. I digress. Could have took care of him better. Put him in a better position to succeed. I was wrong in that moment, I feel. Now, coaches watch a ton of film for one reason on, in this conversation. One reason. Because they know they get it wrong. What I tell y'all in the beginning of the show, I go back and watch clips of my son and everybody because I know in that moment I ain't get it all. I didn't catch it all. Now, this was explicit. This was simple. 12 men on the field. Who the hell? Substitution, right? That's simple. But, coach, you still got to teach the team accountability by you also remembering that at times you have been wrong. That's why coaches watch that film in the dark and they sit there and they learn from it, right? In their quiet corridors, they're allowed to criticize themselves without the critics being in the room. But the mistakes are there on that video. Yep. And that's why film is therapy to so many coaches. You want to know why partly they watch so much film? Because they over there without all of the criticism, without all of the noise, breaking themselves down to get better. Accountability. So, coach, on the sideline, please don't have the antics to the point, to the point where it looks like it's our fault, not our fault. I get it. You know, what do they say when you win? You say, you say, y'all, what do they say when you win? It's we. When we lose, it's me. In that moment, it looked like he was saying y'all. And that ain't a good coach in that moment. But, hey, I don't want to micro assess everything. But there are moments when you know a coach is trying to dictate terms to you. But in this moment, I don't see any positivity that came out of that. Everybody, now you undress your assistant coaches. And then it's going to try and employ and empower them to now make sure that these players know what to do. After you just done dog cursed them? You think I got that same respect for him? Oh, you do? Oh, 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 you, you tripping. You boo-boo the fool. So in that situation, I was just sitting there like, Trent, this ain't going to win. In this moment, you may look like the big man on the sidelines, but after this, God's going to lose something for you in terms of that respect meter Trust me. I've never had a coach like that. Never. Now, I think Trent's like that. I ain't going to lie. This is me being hypothetical detective, HD. I think all of that criticism of when he played, he harbors some of that. Why do I say that? Because there's some frustration in my man. When you are a Super Bowl champion, a former pro, no matter who criticizing you on the college ranks, on the sidelines, in their newspapers, articles, they ain't Trent Dilfer. But somehow, some way, he doesn't feel like Trent Dilfer. Because y'all, when he was Trent Dilfer, y'all were cutting him down. Y'all were chopping him up. Or chopping his knees. So I think some of that is there to flex. You know how it goes. Who are the worst coaches you see? I tell you who they are. The ones who didn't realize their dreams, didn't make it, or in this case, maybe somebody who made it, but had a tougher experience in terms of respect and acceptance than they wanted and then desired. But the worst coaches I see are always the same. He was good, not good enough, and boy, y'all gonna pay for it because y'all... Y'all might have a chance. I hate them coaches. So I never had a coach like that. Bill Parcells um, was the only coach that had some of that, like, gangster in him. But even by the time I got to Parcells 04, he kind of 
most of that was gone. Marty Schottenheimer, same way. Marty Schottenheimer had converted that to passion. He would cry every day. <laughs> Rest in peace, Marty. Sucker cry every day. But he ain't go overboard like that. So I would never allow my kid to play for a coach like that because I know it's another way up the mountain. And you can say what you want. You say, yeah, you're soft. I was like, yeah, you are, fool. <laughs> yeah, you a problem. You got anger issues, bro. Like, you can't get it out better than that. Tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong in those comments right now. And how do y'all think these public displays of frustration, like what Trent Dilfer did, impact his effectiveness for real? And the team's morale. You think they respect him the same, respect him more, or respect him less? And do y'all think this justified? Look, I haven't seen every coach lose it. But at the same time, this felt different than losing it. Ask Marcus Spears. I don't know. He done seen a lot of coaches lose it too. This looked different. And there are any situations where the actions are justified. You're like, hey, 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 you messed up, homie. <laughs> you dropped the ball. And it's okay for coach to go do that. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. If you dated somebody that says skirt, skirt, I know y'all broke up too. Let me stop this judgment. <laughs> I'm going to do it all day. Hey, make sure you go to projecttransition.org, log on. Hey, leave your email. If you just want to leave your email, hey, I want to be a part of the team, part of the part of what y'all building over there, same time I'm good, homie. Do that or leave a donation. But the best thing will be to leave a recurring donation and you get this book right here. My life right there comes to you. And every single day, I want to be able to read about you recurring donors. Every single day. Because you know why? Those kids need our support, our reinforcement, our encouragement every single day. So today we had nine. Woo! Go, people. Let's see what we got tomorrow. All right. Well, we saw what we got on Saturday. Uh, a tale of two games. Well, this was a tale of a man. He shit. I don't know Gilligan's Island. Tell him on the final shore. Y'all remember that? Oh, man. I hate it when people judge what you liked growing up. Like, I love Gilligan's Island. And then I told my boys I remember growing up, like, you like that corny show. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, I like facts of life. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you got the facts of life. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like facts of life. Who ain't thinking Tootie the finest woman alive right now? Or Charlene from Different Strokes. Point being, hey, you got judged because you like the show, right? And th now, this one I did get. Dukes of Hazard. I used to love, whoo, just a good old boy. I had the car and everything. <laughs> I had the whole city. <laughs> then one day, somebody like, hey, man, look at that flag. I was like, yeah, it's dope. That's General Lee flag. They're like, food ain't no General Lee flag. You know what that flag is? I said, no, my brother. <laughs> I'm nine. What do you mean? What the hell? I don't even know all the state flags. What you mean? He was like, oh, man. Then I started watching the show a little different, just like WWF. <laughs> when you find out it was choreographed, when you found out that ain't, ain't no brothers on Deuce Hazard, I was like, really? Hmm. Wait a minute. Oh, oh love. Let's talk about Gus Johnson right here. Because wait a minute. Were you biased towards Colorado and not towards USC? Did you keep a balanced approach in this conversation? Okay. They got some evidence. Just go back if you don't believe, because um, fans are perplexed, as they said. Listen to Johnson do these two different calls, okay? When <coughs> he did a USC call, Marshawn Lloyd scored 27-yard touchdown. He kind of was like, here, AM radio, right? And then when all of a sudden, 30-yard touchdown pass from Shadur Sanders to Jimmy Horn. <sighs> now. There was a different level of enthusiasm throughout the broadcast. Let's just say that. Some say he was way more animated for Colorado and not so much USC. Now, I know in this moment they want to make it racial, but they not. 
because Colorado, Dion, and then Lincoln Riley, USC. But I know they didn't go there because that's stupid, right? Right? Even though they saying Colorado games are the BET Awards, they saying still, <laughs> y'all stupid. Somebody was like, no, nah, it's BET Awards. The point is, y'all know his brothers all on both sides. Who cares? All right, let's talk about this. I think this is where they went. Because everybody's caught up in this hype of Colorado. And whether it's Gus Johnson because he's black or Gus Johnson because he's always hyping, you meet hype and hype, he's going to be hyper. Um, who I love, Gus Johnson. Salute to him. He knows last time we talked, um, much respect given on both sides, man. I got deep love for how he does it. Um, it was a tell of two games. So watching them get beat down, be real. Watching USC beat down Colorado in the beginning, what was it, 28-0? You're like, all right, expect it. All right, whatever. Boring, rigmarole. Uh, oh, Colorado. see, look, it's just happened to me naturally. Oh, they're coming back? It could have been USC. Oh, they're coming back? That's how it goes, right? So he, talking about USC, all right, expect it, doing it. Still doing my job amazingly, but right here. Colorado, oh, 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 48-41? Like, when you get hyped for somebody trying to do that, when you get hyped, rooting David on to go get Goliath, right? So I think that's what happened here more so than he had a rooting interest for Colorado than USC. But tell me, I mean, look, he doing the biggest games on Fox. Trust me, he going to be doing a lot more USC longer this year. <laughs> SC might not, uh, they got a hell of a schedule, it's tough, but SC got squad, for real. So, let me take you guys back to the days of when you had to hide your fandom when you were on air. Remember those days when it was taboo to say what team you really liked? And people didn't really complain that much. We didn't have social media like that, but still, people weren't complaining that much, but they were like, yo, who you think? You know, you got Jets, Patriots, who you think? Who you got? Who you root for? You'd be like... I'm just doing the game. And then really it was because there was a, a battery in our back saying, um, you better not have any energy towards one of those teams and bias. The executives, we had an order that we couldn't step in it. Be neutral. Be unbiased. That was the rule. That was the way. And then all of a sudden, cats, I mean, the industry just kept growing. Maybe you couldn't police it the same. Maybe because it became more authentic, more fragmented. Um, you guys wanted more of the real person instead of just like the broadcaster. I remember I started banging my Clippers. I started banging them Clippers. Yep. I was like, what's up? This West Side Clippers, homie. <laughs> what up, Clip City? You know, and I, and no lie, the more I talked about the Clippers, the more the producers and the execs was like, talk about the Clippers. Because nobody was talking about the Clippers. But two, it was the whole like, wow. I thought the fans would be mad that you were biased. Uh, they, they wouldn't be mad. They'd be like, he doing it tongue-in-cheek, or that's who he is, and all right. As long as you keep it real about when you're talking good and bad about him. And I was like, all right, I will. And I've always, even through the process, as much as I'm a Clipper lover, I wasn't a Laker hater. I always gave the Lakers their props. Seriously. I mean, I knew a lot of those guys. And on top of that, they were just better than us for a long time. Yeah, we would beat them. We would win more regular season games, but then they'll get a championship still. <laughs> Kobe got two, then you mess around, LeBron got one. That's three championships in what, 13 years? How many we got? None in forever years, so I caught it. Point being, it was just amazing to watch. Not only the fans change their minds about things, but also the executives and the executive orders of now lean into it. So now Mike Greenberg, Greeny, 
every time the Jets come on. You already know. You already know how it's going to go down. Stephen A. Smith with the Knicks already know. You know? That's how the game goes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of the same as gambling. Like gambling at one time was taboo. Now you got guys talking through the spread. You're like, what? You're like, who's going to win the game? Well, minus three and a half. You're like, who's going to win the game? <laughs> Seriously, right? And that's coming from what? Executive order. Why? U.S. bets, DraftKings, FanDuel, all up in there. It's real, man. So um, I'm glad it's this way now. It's going to go even further because I I don't like being inauthentic. I hate the fakeness. So authenticity is what rules the world. The execs finally caught wind of that. So did y'all see the broadcast? Did y'all see Gus Johnson out there leaning one way for Dion and the love for Dion? Everybody caught up in the phenomenon. Everybody doing this when Dion come in. Everybody doing that, right? Because Dion is the fad. Dion's the dance you got to do if you go out to the club, right? Or just because they were coming back, he was hype. Every time somebody's coming back, you get hyper. Come on now. So let's see what y'all think of that. And then um, you think commentators like Gus Johnson, you think that they should be allowed to be biased or commentators? Nah, but y'all, people who got opinions and analysts, yeah, but not the commentators, not the broadcast. Tell me what you guys think about this. And did y'all catch him slipping? Or you were like, nah, dog, he was just doing his job. Come here, come here, come here. Hey, what's up, homie? <laughs> oh, man, love for you guys out there. You guys really like my rolling in. Roll out. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, mm. Oh, Ludacris had a moment. Didn't he have a moment there? Woof. It was insane, dude. Shout out to Ludacris, who every time I see him, love Big Dog. And love for this book right here, love for projecttransition.org, for you guys the long on. Hey, leave a recurring donation, and this book is yours. Remember back in, back in the 80s, this is how they used to sell everything. You know, you right here, you could come and then invest into this book, and the book is yours. <laughs> Curtis Blow style. Seriously, recurring donations. Every single day, I want to be able to read off the support that we're getting from you guys as we support these itty bitties out there. We're going to have to help them. Where's my inner power? It's in here. Bring it up. Bring it out. And then amplify it for the world to see. Be greater than your greatest excuse. This book tells you how I was able to do it because everybody was saying, ooh, you from Compton and you from Overhill. See, I said it that time. You happy? Slauson and Overhill. You over there from them gang infested areas. Ooh, drugs and gangs and poverty. You ain't going to make it. Ooh, you ain't going to go to the NFL. Ooh, you ain't smart. I heard all the oohs and I was like, ooh, y'all wrong. (laughs) Why? Because I ain't look out there to go get it. It's in here for you and for yours. So go to projecttransition.org. All right. Now, Ebony K. Williams. Okay, okay, okay. She's on this show again. She's famous. Um, she used to be a housewife. So, uh-oh, better look out, Anna Marie. Better watch yourself. You better be famous like this. Um, every time she says something, it seems like it's sparking a lot of con- con- conversation and controversy. Excuse me, Dirty. Excuse me, Miss Purdy. Good for her. Let's talk about her next video that it was trending this weekend, which is about, God, I'm over here hurting right now. I'm so sorry, y'all. Where she was talking about young black women versus young white women and how they go to college with different mindsets. I guess that's the general way of saying it. All right, so it was an article that said that she was taken out of context. That's why it blew up. You know what's funny? A lot of things do blow up when you take them out of context. Why? Because... Usually when things are in context, properly neat, you know, curated, 
it's almost too clean for you to mess it up for everyone to have different opinions on it. It becomes very binary almost like, yeah, I'm with it. No, nah, I'm well. But when it's taken out of context, you're like, what? What do you mean? What they say? Why they do that? And you see already all these questions? And then the, all of those are antennas for you to just take it different directions. For real. Um, I'm not sure people do it on purpose, but I do know the unintended consequences of something taken out of context, even from you, is to be like, wait, 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 wait. And then you're going to have to go clarify, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll be like, nah, 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 I heard this. And y'all just get into that tug of war. All right, so she's into this one right here. She's talking about the, the MRS degree, right? Miss degree. All right, we already know. Where, white, where women aim to secure a fiance by graduation. That's what the white women were showing in their video clips. But she emphasized cultural differences and goals between black and white female college students. Um, not only am I experienced and um, an expert on this subject because I went to college and I know women and I dated women in college, but I also have a college graduate with a master's uh, from Columbia. <laughs> as a daughter. So let's talk through this. This is real. Um, so she said, historically, black women have been taught to focus on education, careers, and financial stability before seeking a mate, which differs from the get the ring by spring mentality of white females. We, we get those generalizations. Nobody could lie about that. So it, it also underscores where some of the fuel for this thought was, well, look at your suitors, look at your counterparts, look at the men white men versus black men and black men and the war on drugs on black men and the mass incarceration against black men have influenced the choices of black women pushing them to prioritize their career and financial independence. Basically the dudes ain't there in the house, you know, the welfare state, how that incentivized women to marry the government and not marry a man. Um, then the dudes are caught up in the war on drugs and mass incarceration, etc. Okay. One thing I want to, poke at is the fact that the war on drugs and mass incarceration, obviously in sentencing, uh, we've seen how drastically different it was for those caught with crack versus those caught with regular powder cocaine. We've seen those reports, et cetera. And a lot of times that is mapped on based on race. Um, it's not congruent, but it's certainly, uh, there was some correlations, right? Let's say that. But as a brother, as a dude from the neighborhood where there was a war on drugs, where there was mass incarceration, let me just say this. The sentencing was messed up. But you didn't have to join that war. You didn't have to join that fight. You didn't have to. I had uncles who did. I had family members who did. I had friends who did. I had friends who didn't. And I'm one of those people who didn't. I just want to get that out there. Now, y'all take it and go where you want. But when we say that, let's not be so simple and lazy. Like the war forced you to get drafted into it. This is not that type of war. This type of war was a person saying, man, I don't have any options. So I got to go make money somehow. So I'm going to do it this way and sell it to my people. And, but you had an option. You had other options. You didn't like them options, but you had them. Let's just get that. Okay. So now we get back on this. Um, Ebony and Dr. Bean suggest that college is an opportune time for black women to meet potential partners who match their educational and life goals. Yes, this goal is kind of in sync with Tyler Perry talking about struggle love and the difficulty of finding suitable partners as successful black women get older. Okay, so they all talk about how, you know, this starts off with high standards and not wanting to compromise in your relationships. But then if you don't do that in compromise, how in the hell are you going to find somebody? 
love when people say they don't want to compromise. Have you ever looked in the mirror? <laughs> Your ass ain't perfect. How about this? You are far from perfect, including me. Man, I got a gut right now. It ain't big. It ain't little, though. <laughs> Come on now. I don't look like uh, them, whoever they are. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a good looking dude. I ain't great looking, though. It's somebody finer than me. Like, compromise. Compromise. Let me just tell y'all. I've had this argument too many times to even say this. My favorite Wileyism to shut all of this down is this. Stop talking about your standards. Stop talking about what you bring in. Because that ain't it. Don't miss the boat waiting on a yacht. And let me just tell you, your ass try to swim across that, you ain't gonna make it. <laughs> Look, I know the forever single girl and dude, and I, none of them are happy. I know dudes who get divorced and already got girlfriends. Why? Because we built to be together. Now, that don't mean it's gonna be perfect together. He may cheat on her, she may cheat on him. It may not end well. It may not end like they desire. But we built to do it again. We built to be together. We built this city. We are built to be together, y'all. So stop the BS. And there's somebody for everybody. People say, no, there's not. Yes, there are. Now, there are more women than men. I know. I get it. And if you mess them all up, somebody's going to be left out in the dark. I know. I know. But guess what? Y'all ever factor in? Some people don't want to get married. And they're going to fight that struggle. They're going to swim across <laughs> I know a few of my homies, they're like, don't forget that. I'm always going to be in these streets, homie. He don't count then. Good. All right. Guess what? I got homegirls. Uh-uh. I'm the one. I'm the one. Ain't nobody like me. Good. You don't count. You helping the numbers out. Good for y'all. But don't miss the boat waiting on the yacht. I get sick and tired. My, girl, uh, my daughter has a boyfriend. <sighs> Let me be real about it. My daughter's a really good girl. I don't know if she's going to marry him. I ain't even going to put him on blast like that. I ain't going to put that pressure on him. Live your life, young man. Live your life, young woman. However, she wants to get married, she'll get married. Why? Because she wants to get married and she's a great person. It ain't that deep. <laughs> I ain't nobody. If I used to have my homeboys, ooh, we used to walk in this party, walk in the club. I mean, ain't nobody in here. Ain't nothing in here. What they were talking about tonight or they were talking about for, you know, I do. They were like, ain't nobody in here. Ain't no wife's in here. Ain't no wifey's in there. And ain't nobody to mess around with tonight. And I was like, are you in here? And they were like, yeah, fool. I'm right here. What you talking about? I was like, well, then if you here, they here. Law of, a law of attraction, a law of association. It always works that way. If you want it, you go get it. Somebody else going to want it and go get it with you because they both want it. Stop thinking you so damn unique. Stop thinking you so, you the star of all the shows that only you qualify. Only you want it. Only you is the one. Like, stop. Oh, imperfect. And boy, give me specific names and I'll tell you. I'll chop them down. Because I chop myself down first. They'll be like, once I'm chopped, you chop too. Oh, I could do it. Talking about, oh, uh, look at my degree. Look at my degree. Eh, okay. What else? Oh, yeah, I got my own job. What else? First of all, dudes in general don't care about how much money you make. Dude feel like that's on him. So you bringing all that money, like, oh, that's cute. I got to go get mine still. So like, you know, nobody's trying to negate that. But they, at the same time, if you're trying to impress him, eh, it got to come a different way. 
You got to come in, one, let's just be real. You got to look good. Now, looking good look different than a lot of people. Me and my boys never fought. We, we always said, we never fight at the club. Because well, Wiley won't, we don't. <laughs> I used to like real pretty faces, and I ain't care nothing else. She, it could have been on a tri, She could have been, her legs could have been a tripod. Three legs, this skinny. I ain't care. If her face was pretty, I'm like, oh. Because I used to always say, we go to dinner, I'm just looking, I'm like, oh, you're so beautiful. <laughs> Stupid. But point is, or softball players, you know, five, six, 190. <laughs> You're like, God dang, Wiley. Nobody fight with me. Did my boys like other types. Point is, they're the type for everybody because it's your type. Your type. Second thing is, be somebody's type after that. And be a good person. Damn it. Stop talking. Y'all be skipping good person. Like, just be pleasant, polite, respectful, emit, emit light. Cats will love you. It's that simple. Now, stop thinking that means it's going to be a perfect life. It ain't. <laughs> Marriage hard, y'all. Why is it hard? Because you don't even know yourself fully. and You're trying to make it work with somebody else who doesn't know themselves fully. Guess what? There's going to be some gaps in knowledge. It ain't that damn deep. I'm tired of women always talking about their degrees and who they are and ain't no men. And I'm tired of dudes talking about these girls ain't nothing and they trifling. Like, you're telling on yourself, bro. That's you. They're telling yourself. If you want it, go get it. Be greater than your greatest excuse, damn it. Read this book, damn it. Log on to projecttransition.org. Do so. But nah, I saw this. And being real, to make it racial like they did, because, you know, I ain't scared of race. I just don't, I don't lean into it. Um, these conversations. Uh, in general, black people have a survive mentality. White people have a thrive mentality. Um, I, how do I know this? Two ways. One, um, I used to take care of white people growing up. That's why one reason I look at race a lot different than other people. I had white people that needed me growing up, like for their basic necessities and needs. Yeah, white people. You imagine that and everybody telling you, oh, white people are superior. White people, you know, the supreme and they run the country. I'm like, not the white people I know. <laughs> they need me and I'm on welfare and I got more than them. So stop it. That was one. Two is, since I'm bilingual and have and have nots, growing up without nothing, now I got $5. I see my kids. They are not in the same mindset and mentality and mode I was. They are not in a survive mindset. They are in a thrive mindset. They are the, ooh, I'm about to cry. The, one of the greatest compliments I ever got, and it wasn't really for me, but it was. It was from my friend Terry. He came over. Shout out to Terry who lives in Mexico. Just picked up his bags. Him and his wife moved to Mexico. Love that. Um... We had a party, and all my parties are typical. I think all of them, kid-friendly. I don't like having them adult-only parties. I do, but uh, kid-friendly. Lifeguard, somebody watch the kids in the pool. Everybody else running around, kids playing. Clean version music so the kids can hear it. Play pa uh, paddle tennis over there. Pickleball up there, basketball. Kids running around, look out for the kids, have fun. They know those red cups ain't Gatorade. Have fun, live. My boy Terry came to me in that moment. He said, man, he said, look at all these kids. You know, my kids included, their friends, all types. He said, look at all these kids. And look how free they are acting. You know, I'm going to give it to you real. I got family. I grew up. Where you ever see those kids is super quiet. And it's not because they're shy. It's because... A lot of their enthusiasm got beat out of them by the conditions, by the world, by the naysayers, by the system telling them they couldn't. You know, I heard it too growing up. Oh, you ain't going to be. I'm like, who is saying this? But I keep hearing it. I don't see them, but I hear it. 
right? They, people stepping on your seeds that you're trying to blossom. And he said that. He said, look at all these kids. And there were a bunch of black kids, too, of course. He was like, look at all these kids and how free they acting. Like, just free. Not no slavery free. Just like they doing whatever they want to do. And they ain't doing nothing bad. You know, don't touch that cookie jar. Leave the house. Cookie jar messed up. I'm not even setting rules. I'm just saying, hey, don't hurt each other. Be nice to each other. Kids run around doing what they do. Lego over here. <laughs> Beyblade tournaments in the corner. Let's go. <laughs> Bottle flipping. It's just crazy, right? So I brought all that up to say that um, I know that typically uh, black people are in a survive because of all the socioeconomic issues and a survive mentality more so than white people in a thrive mentality. So when they hit college, guess what happens? They ready to go get it. Whereas the black people are just trying to get something. Um, I want to remind people that the greatest transactions of wealth in this country, number one, is inheritance. Leave it for yours. Leave it for your family. Inheritance, the number one transaction of wealth. Number two, the institution of marriage. Make it a black-white issue if you want. All I'm saying is be a good person. Emit that light. And if you want it, marriage is good for you and it's good for yours. So it's many ways up the love mountain. So I ain't here to preach. You don't want to get married? Go ahead. I just know what you're about to go through. <laughs> you want to get married? Go ahead. I know what you're about to go through too, fool. Oh, man. But there's the, all kind of degrees of success and none is foolproof. Married, married or not married. Single, not single. But many ways up the mountain. Just make sure you get to the top. All right, y'all. So y'all understand and what y'all think about what Ebony is talking about. What I'm talking about. Y'all agree with me? You agree with her? You agree with both of us? Disagree with both of us. And tell me. Better lifestyle. You got to pick. Married or single. That's it. Don't say, oh, no, no. I ain't asked you the third choice. Yeah, no third choice. Oh, I'm about to die. Married or single? Tell me which one you think is a better life. Coming up next, psych. Oh, I got to go focus some comments. Oh, Courtney. Oh, oh, I was about to die, so I was just trying to leave y'all. All right, let's focus some comments. Focus some comments here. He needs to stand up for WSU. We talking about Ryan Leaf. Since ESPN on focuses on promoting certain universities. Well, I hear both universities, OSU and WSU, had good records going into the game and trying to get into the Big 12. And then the game day folks made a joke of those two teams. I stopped watching ESPN game day once they created the Longhorn, Longhorn Network. Okay. Yeah, it's tough for me to say ESPN to stay just balanced. When they, they spend a lot of money for the SEC. Certain teams. Mm. I'm with Ryan Leaf's side for different reasons. All this realignment on the surface now looks great, but like all things, it will take a few years until we all see all the consequences play out. When big corporate mergers happen, a lot of people that used to have jobs don't. So what will happen here once all the dust settles? We all know big-time big-boy football is the driver, but what about the unforeseen? How long before travel becomes an issue? What does Wake Forest versus Stanford girls softball look like? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not watching. Or do those programs now get canceled because they don't bring in that dodo? You already know. You answered it. How does NIL affect this? We've not even begun to see what the big picture will be here. I can see one day one, one big singular conference of 30, 40 or so teams just for football. And if you're a Minnesota or Iowa State or even a, like a Purdue, it could spell death. All this may not be the best, but we'll see. All real points right there, big dog. Follow the money. You want to know where this is going? 
follow the money. Stephen A. wants Skip. Shaq in 2008. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. Kobe, after winning his fifth, got one more than Shaq. Come on, y'all. I don't forget nothing. Alpha men at the top are very competitive. It's how they got where they got. And they are the most competitive with the people closest to them. Yep. Stephen A. and Skip. I like to add, when First Take really got number one, ESPN had great shows from Mike and Mike all the way through the afternoon. You could watch ESPN all day. My husband and I would just watch until SportsCenter. Undisputed is doing well considering they are even in the conversation with an old dog like First Take. And truly, they are alone in that conversation. FS1 will have to build an amazing lineup as ESPN did in order to achieve the numbers that ESPN has achieved. Too bad they didn't value what they had because I feel like firing all that talent was a mistake as a whole. I don't really even know any other show on ESPN except First Take anymore. A real loss. I remember when I first saw you, Max and Beetle. The good old days, but I wish you could get Max on here too. Aw, people want Max on here. One day. One day. I just saw the other day. Wink. I just saw the other day Stephen A. Smith actually jogged up the clip of Skip and Shannon Spat during the podcast. Don't give me one bit for the audience who may not have seen. That was a thousand percent to maximize the chances he got. A good soundbite response. Bring all them emotions right back for that visceral reaction possibility. Yeah, <clears throat> he was baiting Shannon on that podcast. I do admit that. Like, he wanted to, he was like, so what does this, what does this do? What are you feeling in this moment? What are you thinking? Oh, you mad? <laughs> no, stop. Nah, it just, all right, he said it. It's NFL racist. NFL is no more racist than the rest of the country. The NFL equally doesn't care about the health of any of their players and have no problem cutting a player if they get hurt. Yeah, no, I mean, you could. It's hard. NFL racist? No. They be cutting a lot of white dudes. <laughs> no. They be paying a lot of black dudes. No. They care about green. Dog, this country green, bruh. 2023? I ain't reading this next one. Chandler Jones, let me get this straight. McDaniels brings him to the Raiders from New England. Jones becomes erratic and blames the same man of killing an ex-teammate who hung himself in prison. And he goes after Mark Davis as well. At what point do you say enough is enough? Why would anyone put up with such shit? Well, they don't. They haven't. And they're not. You know what's now? Bye-bye. He got cut this Saturday. I hope it ends well for him because, boy, that ain't no good. Now he doesn't even have any structure. Mm -mm -mm. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we end the show. We end it with a Wiley-ism. Pray for Chandler Jones, y'all. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. <clears throat> Can't turn back the clock, but you can wind it up again. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. You can't turn back the clock. Nah, man, this is something I need to hear. Because God, dog, every night about 4, 4, 14. And then at 4.44, it happens a lot to me, too, which means the angels are looking out for you, they say. Whatever. But the point is, I always start thinking about my day, and I start thinking about what I've been through. Like, yeah, wait, who cares? Get your ass up. Stop talking about what you've been through. You already went through it. Go through something. No. <laughs> and get to it, right? Um, but then I, ca- I catch myself, the football player in me, now I got to watch film. I got to check out what I did. I got to see if I was doing it perfectly, efficiently, effectively, the best that I can, all right? Because I didn't get the results I desired to the fullest. I could do this. And I watch game film. I'll be in that damn film session all the time. Lord. Oh, when I was a kid, it was so hard. <laughs> Lord. Oh, what happened to her? Oh, why my boy do me like that? Lord. I'm like, God, if you control this, you let this shine. It's a wrap out there, man. So I know a lot of us get caught up in 
looking back. And we sometimes maybe even disguise it like we're trying to look back to get better. But a lot of times you also get bitter, not better in those moments. Much bitter, much more bitter than better. Just know that. You got to go forward with what you're thinking, but you got to know what you've been through to get there, right? And I get it. I get it. A lot of this stuff builds us. It gives us the character that we need to go out there and attack what's next. But just remember as you're going through that process, man, because sometimes it takes some of your fuel away. Sometimes it takes some of your energy away. And we're all energy vessels just walking around here exchanging it, not creating it, not destroying it, just exchanging it. So remember, you can't turn back the clock. Back, 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 back. But you can wind it up again. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.